I have a sermon to preach to you this morning as we continue on in our Defining Moment series. Our Defining Moment series. Have you ever felt like you missed out on something? Uh, now, I don't want to take you back to first grade when everybody in the class got an invitation to the party and you didn't and you missed out. Or I don't want to go back into all of that, but have you ever felt like you missed out on something? Sometimes we've missed out on something just because we didn't remember it. We didn't get the calendar. By the way, those are available today for next month. Sometimes we miss out on something because we're excluded, maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally. Maybe they've made our invitation and they forgot to mail it to us. But today I want us to talk about missing out on something when it's really our own fault. Something in Internal on the inside. Sometimes we miss out and it's our on doing. Maybe it's the ride at the amusement park that we are too afraid to ride, and on the inside, our fear keeps us off of that roller coaster or, or the teacups. Oh my goodness, I hope I never get on another set of teacups. You know, I used to like that, but the older I get, I don't know if it's vertigo or, or I, well, I guess it's not vertigo, but my goodness, you get off of that thing and your head is spinning. There's no need for me to make my head spin any more than it already does. But maybe we miss out on the ride at the amusement park until the very end of the day because of our fear, and then we get on the ride only to enjoy it to say, oh, man, I wish I had ridden that earlier in the day, but we missed out on something because of something on the inside Maybe we didn't enjoy the party or the celebration because somebody was there that we are a little miffed at. So we kind of stayed in the corner or we just, you know, didn't or we left earlier. Something on the inside caused us to miss out or maybe it was that holiday function and, you know, everything wasn't going the way we wanted it to go. So we just missed out on all the fun or we, you know, the internal messed us up. Maybe we didn't even attend. We didn't even go Maybe it's something involving the workplace. Maybe someone uh, is treated in a way or get a promotion or a raise and we didn't. And there's some little jail jail on the inside, jealousy. And so now, you know, internally we're missing out on those relationships at work because we have something going on on the inside or, or whatever it might be. But we can miss out because of something on the inside, Pouting, jealousy, not getting our way, anger, unforgiveness, all of those things, and they need to be dealt with in our lives. But today I want to take that into a place of our praise and our worship. All of that could preach itself. We could take each of those and go through those topics. But today I want to ask us, have we ever missed out on worship to God because of something on the inside? Have we ever come and attended the house of God, but because somebody else was getting blessed and we didn't really feel like they deserved that blessing <laughs> that they were getting, so maybe we sat there and got a little, I can't believe the Lord's blessing them. Does he know who that is? Does he realize how they've been living? Or have we ever come to church and been part of worship and missed out on the praise and worship because I don't like those decisions that have been made. You know, recently that pastor, he decided this, or, or those, that group in the church, they did that, or they didn't listen to my idea, and so I'm just, you know, and we come to church then and sit on our hands, and we miss the opportunity to worship the living God. Now, when you put it that way, it sounds a little ridiculous on our part, doesn't it? 
I've done that before. I'm just going to be honest with you and transparent. I know you think I'm perfect. St. Gregory Michael, I know you think that. But I'm not perfect. And there have been times when I have gone to church during the years because of any number of those type of issues. And I really haven't worshipped my God like I should have because I had an internal issue going on. Somebody could say, oh man, or oh me, or amen, one of the three, right? <laughs> Let's look at some scripture this morning. They're going to pull it up from 2 Samuel. We're going to look at David and his wife, Michal. Michal was the daughter of, of Saul. Now, it was reported to King David saying, The Lord had blessed the house of Obed-Edom. Now, I've been waiting all, year, all week to just mention this word, Obed-Edom. I know we have a lot of expectant mothers around here and some that have just had their children. I just want to say to help you as a pastor, there's a good name right there. For your child, Obed-Edom. I've waited all week to deliver that to you right there. The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him. Why did the Lord bless his house? Because the ark of the covenant, the ark of God, for a period of time had been in the house of Obed-Edom. So David went up and brought the ark of God, the ark of the covenant, up from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with joy. Now we're in the good part of this story. If you, if you want to go back, some of you Bible scholars or Bible readers and read, usually I tell you to read after the passage, but if you want to go back and read prior to the passage, you will see quite a journey for the Ark of the Covenant. It rocks some worlds, man. It rocks some worlds. But this is when it starts getting good and, and, and positive and David realizes what he needs to do to get the Ark of the Covenant back to its rightful place. And so it was that when those carrying the Ark of the Lord Ark of the Covenant, marched six paces. He sacrificed an ox and a fattened steer. And David was dancing before the Lord with all of his strength. Now, I, I wondered about this dancing. I don't guess it was the, I don't guess it was the Texas two-step or a line dance or the macaroni, I mean macarena dance. I don't guess it was any of that. But the spirit of the Lord and the, and the joy of the Lord was so strong upon David that he began to dance before the Lord with all of his might and with all of his strength. And David was wearing a linen ephod. What it's saying there was he had taken off all of, his, all of his garments of position, all of his royal regality. He had taken all of that off of his body, and all that was left on him was just a linen ephod, kind of stripped down to the T-shirt. To the he wasn't indecent, but he took all the prestige off, and he danced before the Lord with all of his might and before all the people. Verse 15. So David and all the house of Israel were bringing up the Ark of the Covenant with joyful shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Then it happened. You ever been praising the Lord, worshiping the Lord, everything's going good, you have a heart of joy, you're overwhelmed with what God has done in your life and you are worshiping Him and praising Him and then it happened. Then it happened as the, Lord was, or as the ark of the Lord was coming into the city of David that Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked down through the window and she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. Now let me ask a question. Why was Michal not part of all of this anyway? She had already put herself in a place 
of disadvantage. She had already separated herself. And, and if we're honest with ourselves as we talk about internal things that start to bother us or relational things that hinder us, sometimes we're our own problem. Sometimes we have separated ourselves and the misunderstanding and the space, the distance between each other would have been better had we been where we should have been. And Mikal should have been there with David and with the, the ladies and all the others who were dancing and worshiping God. But for some reason, she was at home looking out the window. For some reason, she didn't go and enjoy the blessings of God. But for some reason, she was pulling the blinds back and peeking out. Have you ever done that? Pulled the, I have. You pull it out just enough to peek out. I, oh, come on. Am I the only one that's ever done that? <laughs> I could go on a rabbit trail right there, but I got to preach. Never mind. She looked through the window and she saw her husband, King David, leaping and dancing before the Lord. And the, the King James Version said, and she despised him in her heart. She was contemptuous in her heart. She was full of contempt in her heart. Let me say it this way. She didn't like what she had seen. Now, gentlemen, I know sometimes our wives don't like what they have seen. And sometimes they tell us they don't like what they have seen, and that's okay. And if we're a good husband, we'll fix that. <laughs> Just a little tip to the new, new husband over here. But in this case, she was wrong. She was full of contempt. She was full of pride. She did not like what she saw as she looked out and she saw her husband dancing and worshiping before the Lord. Now, that's today's story. That, that is... The, the story of the day, the ark of the covenant, the ark of the Lord, which had been captured in battle by the Philistines and had taken quite a unique journey that would have been fun to preach about in and of itself. But that ark was being brought back in to Jerusalem, to its rightful place. It was really as if God's very presence was being brought back to dwell among his people like it was supposed to be. Within that Ark of the Covenant, there were three items which could tell us some things about why David was rejoicing so much about God's presence in the Ark returning to where it should be. One was Aaron's rod that budded. There's a whole story behind that, but to, to just streamline it for this sermon this morning, Aaron's rod that budded happened in such a way that showed the people of God the proper authority of God, the proper alignment that was supposed to be in their government and in their lives. And I would today that the presence of God would get involved in our government, right, and in our world and put us back in the alignment that we should be and see as a society. Also in that Ark of the Covenant were the Ten Commandments, the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments that God had given to Moses. And those were the things to show them how to live in righteousness, to show them how to live to please God. When we live to please God, it leads to blessing in our lives. When a society lives to please God, that leads to blessing in the lives of the society. And oh, how we need some blessing in our society today. But David no doubt rejoiced because he knew the Ten Commandments were part of that Ark of the Covenant that were coming back. And then thirdly, the gold jar. 
of manna. The gold jar of manna was inside the Ark of the Covenant. The tablets, Aaron's rod that budded, and the gold jar of manna. And that gold jar of manna was a reminder of God's daily provision for the people as they had wandered 40 days or 40 years, excuse me, in the wilderness. It showed that God would provide. So you have this Ark of the Covenant that is coming into the city, coming back to God's people, coming back to the central location of the tabernacle and then the, later the temple. And David rejoiced in all of this because God's presence was returning. God's proper alignment was returning. The reminder of the standards of living as dictated on the stone tablets was returning. The manna pot was returning to remind the people that it is God who provides for us day by day. And this presence, all of that speaks to what happens when the presence of God comes on the scene. And what he does and how desperately we need that. And how desperately David knew that the people needed that. And David rejoiced. He rejoiced so much knowing that the right thing was coming back to the right place. God's people were going to rejoice. But Michal, his wife, despised. She despised. She was really in a lot of ways like her dad Saul. Probably had a lot of insecurity and pride and jealousy and unfortunately those traits had evidently gone on into her life she despised she didn't rejoice about the presence of God returning she didn't rejoice about proper alignment or proper blessings or proper motivation the presence of God she despised you know what she got her mind on Instead of all the spiritual blessings and all the great things that were happening, she could not get her mind off of her husband's wardrobe of all things. She despised the fact that he took his royal robes off. She despised the fact that he humbled himself before the people and before God. She was so worried about her image does that speak volume sometimes today in the world we live? And if we aren't careful, we can get so caught up in that too and worried about our image and neglect our worship. She was too worried about image. He acted humbly before God. He worshiped with all his might, but she despised. Have you ever been in a worship service and somebody is worshiping with all there might, but maybe somebody else is despising because they don't think maybe they shouldn't be worshiping quite like that or they're a little over the top or why are they so exuberant or, or all those types of things that can come to a mind. So what did go wrong? And as, as I've done each of these sermons, I've tried to come to a point in the sermon where we look at maybe three more practical type points before we've ended in more of a spiritual manner. Here are three things I pulled out, and maybe some of you pull out some more from this story that you'd want to share with us. Not right now, but, you know, later. <laughs> what went wrong? One, Mikal worried more about perception than praise. She worried more about what others would think. She worried more about perception than about praising God. Number two, Mikal focused on 
preference. Now, now this would preach. We could do a whole series on this. Michal focused on preference. It wasn't how that she would worship. I read a post this morning that was actually really good that I thought, oh, that ties to the sermon today. And the person said that he or she doesn't always enjoy the style of music that is sung in some of the church services. But he or she said in their post that when that happens, they spend that time meditating themselves before God. I thought, that's, that's a good idea. We've come to the house of the Lord not to be entertained or not to, to get our, knee, our desires necessarily met. We've come to worship the Lord. Amen? And, and so she was focusing on her preference. Maybe she said that day they were singing Southern Gospel. I don't like Southern Gospel, so I'm not going to worship. Now, I know she didn't say that. Maybe she, she said, oh, they're singing Elevation today. I don't like Elevation, so I'm not going to worship. Again, how silly does that sound to, to all of us? I've gotten, and I'm preaching to myself, I've gotten caught up into that kind of thing before too. But when we come to God's house, who have we come to worship, Right? And if we are worshiping him, God will bless us. His presence will arrive. And we're not going to like every style and every thing. You know, some people say pass the plates and some say use giving stations. And some say sing with the music posted and some hold the hymns. Who really cares? Let's worship the Lord. Amen. She was focused on preference. And so she wouldn't worship. Thirdly. Mikal was like her dad. I've already said this. She was filled with pride. It's hard to worship when we're so self-focused or selfish. When we're self-focused, when we're selfish, it's hard to worship. But when our minds are fixed on God and how good he has been to us and what he has provided for us and salvation and who he is and, and our hearts are fixed on him and not ourselves and not on pride. But David nailed it. Look at your neighbor say, David nailed it. David was the king, but he didn't worry about perception. David was the king, but he didn't worry about preference. David was the king, but he swallowed his pride. David remembered who he was in relation to his God. I'll say that again. David remembered who he was in relation to his God. David remembered the day when he was called from the sheep field and the prophet Samuel had come and anointed David and that Holy Spirit anointing that had come upon David and he knew that that was not of himself. He knew that that was from God. David remembered who he was in relation to God. David remembered that when he encountered the lion and when he encountered the bear, that same anointing that was upon him gave him strength to kill both of them but he knew it was because of God and not because of his great strength he remembered those things and he worshipped God with all of his might he remembered that day when everyone else was afraid to face Goliath but he put in a little stone in a little sling and the giant fell that day to the glory of God by God's guiding hand and David remembered who he was in relation to God 
David remembered who he was when he would sit by the bank and strum on the harp and strum on the lyre and he would write under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit many of the psalms that we now still use and and use in funerals and use in worship. He remembered that it was God who impressed those things upon his mind and his heart and he worshipped the Lord that day with all of his might. He remembered the long struggle that he had had, the times he had spent in the caves and and out in the, in the vanished places, so to speak. And, and even out away from his own people. And out away from his own country. And, and Saul after him. After his very life. But he remembered that it had been God. Who had sustained him through all of that. And so David worshipped him with all of his might. And I say to us, if internally we are having a problem with worshiping the Lord like we should, if internally we are having a problem of giving God the praise that he deserves, we need to remind ourselves of where God has brought us from. And how God has stood by our side. And how God has blessed us and had mercy upon us time and time again. David worshiped and rejoiced with all of his might. David nailed him. Nailed it. Though it nailed him too, the present. But he nailed it. He remembered how God had blessed the house of Obed-Edom. The whole time that the Ark of the Covenant, the blessing, the presence of God had set in Obed-Edom's house. He and everybody there were blessed. And I thought a lot about that this week. I thought about how desperately that we need. The presence of God. How desperately we need the presence of God in our church services. Somebody say amen. How desperately we need the presence of God in all the ministry and calendar activities of the church. Somebody say amen. But also how desperately we need, just as Obed-Edom had it in his house, we need the presence of God in our homes, in our houses We need some dads to stand up again and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Maybe we need some moms again to walk through the bedrooms of the house and declare the word of the Lord and anoint the pillows in the house and say, God, this is your house. When I come to church, I want to be in your presence, but I want your presence to be in my house. And no wonder David rejoiced when he knew that the Ark of the Covenant was being brought in. No wonder he danced before the Lord with all of his might because David knew what the presence of God could and would do for the people. Do we want the presence of God or are we just hung up on our internal feelings, our our pride and our preferences, our disappointments? But we desperately need The presence of God. Here's the closing this morning. God's perfect will for our life is to live daily in his presence. You see, we don't have to have the Ark of the Covenant picked up, put on the shoulders of the priest, and carried into here for us to say, oh, the presence is back. We are so blessed that we live in the New Testament, the new agreement, the new covenant, And as Christians, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God, comes into our hearts and into our lives. And so His will for us is to live daily in His presence. So we're going to pray together.
we're going to ask ourselves a couple of questions. How do I bring his presence into my life? How do I bring his presence into my individual life? And then the second question is what will it or does it mean to me when I have his presence active in my life? What does it mean for my children? What does it mean for my spouse? What does it mean when I'm on the workplace? What does it mean in my home? What does it mean in my church when I'm fully allow his presence to have full right away in my heart and in my life? Would you stand with me this morning? And that's what I want us to do today. Would you bow your head and can we just pray that together this morning as they're coming to get in place for the worship? Lord, we just thank you this morning for the presence of God. We thank you, Lord, that when David brought the ark back and he danced with all of his might, there was so much going on there. There was so much rejoicing because he knew what the presence of God is and what he can do but Lord I ask you this morning to help us to ask you as individuals how can we have a deep abiding relationship with your presence in our lives how can we have a deep abiding relationship with your very presence in our lives and in our homes and in our church and Lord what does that mean to us what does that mean when, when the presence of God begins to envelop us and move and we begin to yield to your presence in our individual lives, in our families, in our homes. So Lord, we invite your presence in our lives. We invite your presence in our homes. We invite your presence in our church and the activities thereof. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in our lives today. I want you to continue praying and reflecting on this thought this morning and ask the Lord for you to yield to more of His presence in your life as they sing and pray. This altar is open if you need prayer today.